now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again. It's Pastor Marty. And Tommy D. Once here, once again here, chatting through the sermon. Chatting through all kinds of things, Pastor Marty. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, they they always say there is the post-holiday lull. Post-Easter lull. And I don't know that it's just a lull. <laughs> it's more like you get kicked off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Quicksand. Yeah. It's sucking you under. Yeah. It's just sucking you under with everything it's got. And so, uh, yeah, man, it's just a uh, full swing here at Charity. Good things happening. And uh, we're excited about what the Lord is doing. Absolutely. You know, the uh, man can't get past the number of baptisms. Amazing. A life-changing yeah. experiences people have had. With the I, Lord. I was just riding down the highway uh, on the way back to the church a minute ago, and I was thinking about the two baptisms we had this past Sunday and right. how they fit so well with the current series we're in, The Greatest Comeback. Yeah. And and both of those <laughs> stories, their, their willingness to be vulnerable yeah. and just talk about when they leaned into God instead mm-hmm. of away, how he just orchestrated an amazing comeback in oh. their life. Yes. It, it's powerful. They could have been completely destroyed by what happened to them. Right. You know, just the, the, the awfulness of that, mm-hmm. but they're, they've, they, they're still making a comeback, you know, sure they are. this is almost like a big step for them to tell that story, mm-hmm. uh, to be that vulnerable with that many people. And, you know, the, the, the convicting power of the Holy spirit working in their lives. And then for them to know that they need to be saved, to be baptized, and then to tell that story. So yeah, that, that's just an example of some of the great things happening. And just real quick on those two, I, I love that you know Lucas in this case was up there taking pictures of the whole event. And in both those cases, if you looked at the photos, like when they were coming out of the water, it, they had this, this look of freedom yeah. on their face. It was just powerful. It was. It was. And uh, we kicked off a series actually last Sunday, being Easter Sunday, talking about the greatest comeback, and because of the greatest comeback, it makes other comebacks probable or possible, I guess it would be the word to use. Uh, but this week, we talked about coming back from failure, coming back from a moral failure. And uh, yeah, and you know, there, there's nothing like watching someone's life come back from failure. You and I both have a chance oh. to be, have front row front seats row to seats, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and your point, uh, which was really cool, as good as a comeback is in sports and how that makes us feel, nothing compares to watching someone's actual life make a comeback. Yeah. So true. Oh, uh, yeah. You yeah. you talked about different scenarios. Uh, one of my favorite, we, my wife and I were leading a, a life group one time, a marriage group. This couple we didn't know. I don't even know how they found out about it. They came in and they said, listen— um, we're literally just going through the motions with this, um, just so we can say we did, mm-hmm. we're done. We don't like each other. We certainly don't love each other. I'm glad to say that was about 12 years ago and they are rocking and rolling. Yeah. I mean, it just makes you smile. You know, it does it doesn't matter what you go through in your marriage. There is, there's a potential for it to be better than it's ever been on the other sure. side of that. I tell people that I don't care if you've gone through, um, you know, coming back from like an adulterous affair or somebody who had a bad addiction, or if you have somebody that comes back from uh, whatever it is, you know, a a hidden 
gambling addiction that that gets exposed or alcoholism or 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 adulterous affair before that you may not understand fully what first corinthians 13 love is but on the other side of it you could fully understand yeah, it cuz you've you've felt it you've lived it right you you've seen god inter, or interjecting that kind of love into your relationship and then you get the opportunity to exhibit that love mm-hmm. towards somebody else that's right and it can be a very very powerful thing and it could solidify a marriage cuz tom there's no perfect marriage right <laughs> Amen. Right. There is none that there there is none that are perfect. And uh, I used to hear preachers talk about how perfect their marriage was, and I always felt like, man, every fight Tracy and I got right. into, I thought, man, we are just we must be we're broken, terrible. We'll never make it, right? You know. But I, I figured out those guys were lying. They were. The truth of the matter is, there's not a perfect one out there. So whether it be marriage or whether it would be any other kind of of a uh, failure, so to speak. Man, God can always orchestrate a comeback, and uh, we just journeyed through the life of David. Can, do you mind? Can we work through <clears throat> just uh, his comeback journey? Yeah, because I thought you laid it out brilliantly, and there were so many truths okay. in the section. Um, I love you, you. You said, "Listen, if you're a teenager, you're familiar with this. You've probably heard this taught every other week, <laughs> right. uh, and and you know, rightfully so." But it started with just him being somewhere he shouldn't have been. And that to me resonated because, you know, I was thinking an idle mind is the devil's playground, mm-hmm. that old cliche. Um, you know, isolation is a dangerous place to be yeah. when it comes to temptation or anything else. Absolutely. So when he starts wandering on that rooftop yeah, and he looks down. Well, well he wasn't even, before that he was on right. his couch. <laughs> yeah. He was on his couch when he should have been on the battlefield. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So, Kings and 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 I love that you addressed. He wasn't just a king; he was a warrior king. Yeah. So if any king was going to be at the battlefield, it would be him. That was what he was for. Exactly. He was leading his troops into battle. Yeah. But it, he it's was not on like the a couch. president. <laughs> yeah. No. no. <laughs> different. Totally different. But he was on his couch. Yeah. He was doing nothing. That's right. He was not doing what he's supposed to do. And I'm telling you, there there's danger in that. Yes, you know, is. when when you're when your mind, my mind is, it's when it's idle, when it's not busy, when we're not doing something that we're supposed to do, man, it, the Lord, the, the Lord, the, the devil can really he will. work attack. on you. Yep. Your own flesh is bad enough. Oh. And then you add Satan on top of that. Don't stand a chance. And <laughs> no. I mean, I know you and I both, uh, Mondays are our day off. Both yeah. of us are intentional about being out of the house doing something. Yeah. I don't want to be stuck at home by myself. I like doing that, that, um, golf course therapy yes exactly yes <laughs> getting some of that sunshine yeah that's right i got that sunshine in my <laughs> come on hey but i love you made a point though so when he did get up off the couch maybe he was trying to get steps in for the day maybe he maybe. walked up on the roof and he starts looking around over his his kingdom mm-hmm. and he saw that that beautiful woman taking a bath named Bathsheba. yeah well done by the you way like that? yeah and um but but i love what you said See, I don't, there was nothing wrong in him noticing a beautiful woman taking a bath. Yeah. That was unavoidable. All right. What was wrong was him staying out there and gazing. I love you said what he should have done is turned around and went back inside. Right. And I thought, man, that's so true for all of us. There's nothing wrong with temptation. There's nothing wrong with even finding yourself somewhere that you didn't intend to be. Right. The problem is just settling there. Yeah. Instead of turning around and running. How we handle that. I mean, Jesus was tempted. That's right. But without sin. Mm -hmm. But we often get tempted 
and we oh. kind of hover in that temptation too long until eventually we give into it. You well, know, and we, what you said, I mean, we we might even have a boundary. But in the moment of temptation, you're like, ah, I know I have this boundary. I'm just going to take one step past yeah. this boundary. I won't get hurt. Yeah. And and you made the point that, man, sin will take us places we never intended to you be. You never thought it would take you there. Ultimate freedom. I heard this quote years ago by Andy Stanley. Used it with our student ministry for many, many years. Ultimate, free, ultimate freedom is found inside God's boundaries. Mm-hmm. If we would just live inside those boundaries that God said, because he knows when we step outside of those boundaries, that's where the danger zone is. Yeah. You know, you can look at it as guardrails. You can look at it as a fence, whatever it may be, a line that you cross. But but when you we, when we draw boundaries around here, sure. because we know, um, man, Satan would like nothing more than to take one of us out. That's right. Through temptation. Absolutely. So we set some healthy boundaries. And David, David stepped across he compromised on that first boundary and uh you know he and i just started thinking about the sins that david committed um the in progression, that the progression the of progression yeah. of of the sins that he had he had uh, you know he was first of all he wasn't where he was supposed to be mm-hmm. you know and that was not a good thing but then he um he coveted mm-hmm. he coveted bathsheba and he laid his eyes on something that wasn't his and he laid his eyes on someone that he wanted who belonged to someone else. I was going to say, it'd be one thing, right? It's still not good, but like he's coveting, he sees this beautiful woman. He says, I want that woman if she didn't belong to anybody. Right. But he even had somebody speak up to him and say, David, no, that's a that's a married woman. Yeah. And it didn't stop him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I touched on the fact that we, covetousness is such a part of our lives these days. Now, I think it's always been, but I'm not sure that it's not enhanced more because we see so much through social media and different things. Well, you, you made up a good point. I mean, it always has been in our lives, but we used to have to work for it. Yeah. Right. You used to have to, like the story you told, drive around and go to certain places that you would covet what they had. Now, literally all you have to do is turn on your phone. Right. Yeah. And, and it's easy to do that. And, and, uh, and so Jesus warned us against it. Guard your heart against all covetousness, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I covet things. I'm guilty of it. I think if you've got red blood flowing through your veins, there's you, a certain level of covetousness. Yep. And, um, and so absolutely. And then not only did he covet, he then committed adultery. I mean, just straight up adultery. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I didn't get into this a whole lot on Sunday, but adultery is defined as a sexual relationship between a married or betrothed woman and anyone other than her husband. So that's how the pure definition of adultery, it's a sexual relationship between a married or betrothed woman and anyone who's other than her husband. And so we would look at it and go, well, most of us probably are free of that. Okay. Cause it's not happened in our lives, but Jesus came along and he raised the bar. He raised the standard on everything, mm-hmm. everything. He said, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I'm going to say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. I like how you paused after you said that in the sermon. So, like, did you hear the amount of gulps mm. happening? <laughs> <laughs> because you say that, what Jesus is standard. And, yeah. Well, then every single person sitting in the room just got oh. punched between the eyes. Right. Because we're all guilty of of, of some level of, of that lust, a lustful intent. 
of the heart, you know. Um, but not only did he stop there, uh, you could you could even go some other sins. David lied about some situations. Um, David had Uriah the Hittite had him murdered. Well, and when when you were explaining that progression, I was thinking maybe maybe we haven't committed adultery, and probably the vast majority in the room, if not all, haven't committed a, a murder. Mm-hmm. But we're no different because all David was doing was trying to hide and cover up his sin. Right. But that's what we always that's do what with happens. sin. You know, we feel guilty. We don't want to be uh, confronted. We don't want to be discovered. Yeah. And so we start hiding. Mm-hmm. It's kind of back to what you said in, in the freedom found in God's uh, boundaries. Yeah. Like there's freedom of being able to just hand your phone to your wife. Whew. Well, yeah, of course you can look through my phone or, or yeah. use my phone. And if in the process of using my phone, I don't care what you see. Right. There's freedom in that. Yeah. But what we do is we do something we shouldn't. And all of a sudden we start hiding. That's all David was yeah. doing. Oh, yeah. He, he he lied. He ended up having to commit murder because he had stolen someone else's wife. So this guy's breaking like four or five oh. t- commandments, six commandments easily, yeah. you know, right there in just this progression of sin. And, uh, you know, like you said, that, that sin just took him down a path that the young shepherd boy, David, the one oh. who slaughtered Goliath, would have never thought he would have ever ended up there. Mm-hmm. You would have never laid his life out as a teenager and said, I'm going to one day commit murder mm-hmm. because I'm going to have uh, a, sex, a sexual adulterous affair with a man, a married man's wife, and she's going to get pregnant. So I'm going to have to. David would have never laid that life out for himself. Mm-hmm. But that's what sin does. Well, I think there's proof that he would have never laid that out when Nathan, the prophet, told him the story. (laughs) So Nathan was doing what we all do. Uh, He was viewing the story through what he perceived to be his own personal character Mm -hmm. and his intentions. And so he was outraged. Oh, yeah. Bro, when, when Nathan looked at him and said, David, you are the man I'm referring to. Yeah. Oh, I mean. Man, that is... That, those words, can you imagine, I don't know anything other, very little about Nathan, Mm -hmm. very little. Prophet, so he had some boldness about him, I'm sure. But you're about to say that to the king of Israel. Who could have you killed. Right. Or exiled or whatever. There had to be a little bit of a a nervousness about that. You would think. Telling the story and, you know, that quivery voice. I don't know if he told it with certainty or with a quiver in his voice, but he said it. And, And I love how David responded. Because he doesn't respond the way that the typical person responds when confronted with sin. Mm-hmm. Well, typically we'll just push back. Oh, yeah. We'll take that spotlight off of us Again. and throw it right back on the other yeah. person. No. Yeah. How dare you say that to me? Mm-hmm. How dare you confront me with my sin of covetousness? Right. When you've got that going on. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, David, when he said you are the man, David was grieved in his heart and he repented. He confessed of what he had done. And, uh, which how many times over the years in ministry, have you heard people say the greatest thing that could have ever happened to them as they were caught or the greatest thing that ever happened to them as they were confronted. And you made the point that a lot of times somebody's personal comeback begins with a confrontation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've heard that countless times. We've experienced that in our own lives. Yeah. 
countless times. But those are good pivotal moments. There, yeah. there are circumstances that that God can use to catapult your life in the right direction. Right. Uh, I think getting caught is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It is a great thing for people to right. get caught. Um, you know that spouse that does pick up their uh, other their spouse's phone and and see something on there. Right. You know, uh, sees a conversation that's unhealthy and stops them in their tracks. We know of a a, a major pastor recently that was called out mm-hmm. because of an inappropriate, nothing sinful necessarily, overtly sinful, just inappropriate. You know, what's cool though, is in that situation you're referring to, he responded a lot like David. Yeah. He didn't push back. He confessed and repented. Yep. And, and we're kind of seeing the same thing, the restoration process playing itself out and he's going to continue to be used by God. When you were halfway through your sermon, if you would have asked somebody that was in that auditorium who had never heard the account of David, who had never, that was their first time ever hearing of David. And you said, could this be somebody God would use? They'd probably look at you like, what are you you talking about? Absolutely not. No. Why would he use him? Yeah. This guy has done a far more, far more things worse than we have. Right. And we would say no. But when David confessed his sin, the, the story, the narrative changed, Mm -hmm. the story changed. And, uh, you know, he, he said, I have sinned against the Lord. And that ought to be our first mm-hmm. realization that not only have we just sinned, we've sinned against the Lord. Mm-hmm. We haven't just sinned against someone. It's against God Almighty, the, the holy, perfect one who gave us life, who is the sustainer of our life, who gives us salvation. We've sinned against him. And, and the thing is, is you and I have both seen people stay in their sin too long mm-hmm. and they get hardened. Mm-hmm. You get that hard heart. And, um, you know, as one of the things I, I brought out was the longer we allow sin to have its place in our lives, the harder our heart becomes and the more difficult it is to make a comeback. That's right. Well, the easier it is to repeat the sin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you said, the easier it is to repeat it and the harder it is to re- reject it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And then we finished up, you know, David had a contrite heart. Yeah. Good job. You like that word. Yeah. You want to repeat to everybody what that word means? (laughs) (laughs) It's that feeling of regret or sorrow or or deep repentance. It is a contrite heart. It's it's, it's a heart that realizes the offense that we have done or committed against a holy God. And uh, man, I'll tell you, Psalm 51, Hmm. if you hadn't had a chance to go back and read that, go read Psalm 51, especially if you're at a place where you're coming back from a failure. It is a great psalm to just read through and just hear the 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 remorse David has, the contriteness, if you will, that David has about the sin that he committed. Well, and I'd just like to point out again that if you're a Christ follower, this should be our response to sin, right? So being a Christ follower doesn't mean that we're not going to sin, but our relationship with sin has changed. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And so say that again. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not going to sin, but your relationship to sin has changed. And so when we do cross a boundary, we ought to be broken and we should be repentant and we should think, what have I done against the Holy God and his standard? And our response should be just like his. Mm, That's good. But the great thing and how you landed the plane is all of this this journey that you took us down with David's story 
to this day, we sing songs <laughs> that have been written out of the Psalms that he wrote. And to this day, while we still use this as a teaching tool, like this account, David is not referred to as the adulterer. David is referred to to this day as a man after God's own heart. Oh, yeah. That's strong. Yeah. So. How many Psalms did David write? Are you quizzing me right now, pop quiz? Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with about 65. Wow. How close? That's good. Um, 73. Ah, well, 73. I got a B. That's a B. You did probably. really good. I, I, I was guessing in the 70s. Um, uh, let's see. Actually, David is specifically noted as the author of 73. He's a contributor to about, some believe, 75. So. Yeah, so ha- almost half of right. them, half of them or so, mm-hmm. David actually wrote. He didn't write them all, but but enough of them, right? Yeah, to where right. we just get some richness out of it. The Lord is my shepherd. That's mm-hmm. you know the Psalm of David. That that's a good one there. You know, there's so many, Think so about, many. Okay, so David is attributed to about half the Psalms, and he was a, a adulterous murderer. Yeah, Saul or Paul mm-hmm. wrote almost half the New Testament, and he too was a murderer. Yeah. If those two guys wow. right there are not proof that God can take and use anybody that he chooses, I, I don't know what else would be proof. I'm telling you. So basically, if you think that your sin or your failure is the end of your story, you should have some hope. Amen, brother. Because it doesn't have to be. That's it right. doesn't have to be the end. God could easily be writing the next greatest comeback story in you. But sometimes confrontation is where it begins mm. a good comeback often begins with a healthy confrontation well who are you looking at this week well this week we're going to look at the story of joseph and uh, a man who well it's old testament joseph oh old testament joseph oh, there yeah. was his story is absolutely incredible Truly. incredible and uh so we've got a lot to talk about on on his comeback story so hope to see you then god bless you all